Welcome to Navigating to Net Zero, an inside look from Macquarie Asset Management at what's really involved in transforming their global portfolio of infrastructure, agricultural, and real estate assets to support the transition to a low-carbon and climate-resilient economy and build sustainable long-term value. Throughout the series, you'll hear directly from some of the leaders and experts doing the hard work on the ground, navigating the many steps, challenges, and successes of developing and implementing plans to decarbonize and achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2040. I'm Rebecca Darst, the host of this series and the founder of Investable Universe. Addressing climate change, taking the right action to create real change, is easier said than done. Progress cannot always be measured in a straight line and must be pursued over decades, not years. Responding to the climate emergency also requires tangible, practical, and measurable solutions that are unique by industry, by market, and from one business to another. But at the same time, momentum for climate action is rising within the investment community. Taking action now, however small or large, can lead to not only good environmental and social outcomes, but also to good commercial ones too. In this podcast series, we'll speak with leaders from across Macquarie Asset Management's private market business, a portfolio which comprises more than 160 infrastructure assets, over 500 real estate properties, and nearly 4.7 million hectares of farmland. These investments are working in concert with Macquarie Asset Management to decarbonize their operations and implement abatement solutions to help bring the portfolio in line with an ambitious 2040 net zero target. We'll hear stories from the people with boots on the ground, those leading the charge, adapting to challenges, and finding opportunities to enact change in the industries and regions in which they operate. What they all share is the will, the skill, and the perseverance to help bring their operations to a climate-resilient new normal. And we're fortunate that they're sharing their lessons learned so far on the road to net zero. In this introductory episode, you'll hear from Ben Wei, Group Head of Macquarie Asset Management, and Mark Dooley, Global Head of Macquarie's Green Investment Group, on the road to net zero within the organization. Take a listen. Ben Wei, Group Head, Macquarie Asset Management, thank you for speaking with me. My pleasure, Rebecca. Thank you. Macquarie has been driving practical climate solutions for almost 20 years. That's a long time during which climate-related activities have become increasingly embedded across the business. Why is this commitment so important to Macquarie? Macquarie's response to climate change is rooted in our organisational purpose, which is to empower people to innovate and invest for a better future. And we made our initial investment back in 2005 in the renewable sector. And since then, we've evolved our approach year by year, um, building cap capabilities to really support an orderly and just transition to net zero. Our colleagues right across Macquarie are engaged in driving net zero. And a good example of that is Macquarie Capital. Um, they're ranked the top you know, global financial advisor in terms of renewables. Our commodities and global markets teams are working with clients right across the world on things like carbon markets and the like. And we've been doing this as an organization for a long period of time, but also we see this as the biggest thematic of our lifetime. So we're looking at ways that we can, again, drive a just and orderly transition in all different aspects of business and finance. So it's been two years since Macquarie Asset Management made this net zero pledge. You were the first large asset manager to commit to managing your portfolio in line with global net zero by 2040. Can you remind us about what this commitment involves? So what we committed to do is to manage and invest our global portfolio, which is more than US $500 billion today, in line with the net zero uh, emissions goals by 2040. So that's 10 years ahead of the deadline to achieve the Paris Agreement goals. The reason why we set 2040 is we want 
our teams to be aspirational. We want them to be ambitious. But most importantly, we think we can help drive change along with the rest of the industry. And so, you know, where we exercise control or significant influence in terms of our underlying investments, working with our portfolio companies to measure and verify scope one and scope two baseline emissions, but also screening for scope three emissions. Talk about how geopolitical events or macroeconomic events of the past year have affected your net zero projections. We didn't expect the world we got when we put these plans in place. That's certainly the case. And there's no doubt that um, the pandemic, geopolitical tension, you know, the tragic war in Ukraine have made it more difficult. You know, I think if we look at the world today, the world is building, installing and using more renewable energy than ever before. But there's also a massive increase in the demand for overall energy. And so emissions have gone up, not down. We're ramping up our activities in terms of fundraising and strategies that allow us to play an even more active role in terms of um, the energy transition. And that means not just investing in, say, um, traditional renewables, but really starting to drive investments and scaling up businesses that are, I suppose, looking at newer solutions that are in newer technologies like carbon capture, it's things like hydrogen and so on. I think we've become more emboldened about the need to act and act more quickly and act at a more significant scale. So you've often talked about the importance of transparency when it comes to achieving sustainable goals. What do you hope will come out from this series? Achieving net zero will not be easy. And what we're learning in terms of our journey so far is that the work is hard. We're having to embrace new technologies. We're having to win the hearts and minds of people. So for us to be authentic and importantly, to be a leader in this area, we need to share our journey. You know, a lot of the hard work is being led by our portfolio companies. And so what we're excited about is sharing their efforts, their plans, their challenges, and also their excesses. Because, you know, ultimately, you know, that's where the hard work is happening every day. What would you like to see happen in the asset management industry overall as the industry relates to climate change and sustainability more broadly? You know, what we need to create is an environment where the best ideas can come from anywhere and anyone and that the industry can embrace those ideas, can embrace those learnings and put them into practice. I think it's important that we also start to share insights and learnings along the way. So if a utility in one state in the US works out how it can better capture carbon, I think that's where the industry needs to come together, bring portfolio teams around sectors, around particular asset classes, and think about what's working and how we can all you know, share those insights. Excellent. Benway, thank you for the conversation today. Thank you. Now let's check in with Mark Dooley, Global Head of Macquarie Asset Management's Green Investment Group. Green Investment Group, or GIG, is a specialist green investor at Macquarie Asset Management and a global leader in the development of companies, assets, and technologies that aim to accelerate the global transition to net zero. Mark Dooley, thank you for speaking with me today. A pleasure, Rebecca. The IEA declared 2020 to be the year of the first global energy security crisis. So we're speaking now at the start of 2023. What lessons have we learned from the crisis and how is the Green Investment Group tackling these challenges? Indeed, 2022 was very instructive and difficult. The thing about fossil fuels is that our reserves are location specific. 
And in the end, they're, they're finite. And through 2022, we saw that in addressing the eternal energy trilemma, do we have security of supply? Have we got energy at the right price? And are we doing it in a sustainable way? We saw the consequences of that feature of fossil fuels. We saw that whereas in years past, perhaps we've perceived that fossil fuels were a better answer to security of supply and maybe a better answer to price, though not a good answer to sustainability. In 2022, we're seeing actually that renewables are the best answer to all limbs of the trilemma. And this has been a very powerful demonstration and, and it points the way to the future and has, I think, empowered governments and industry around the world to, I guess, let go of any um, reluctance that they might have had to wholly embrace the energy transition away from fossil fuels and towards uh, renewable energy and the broader transitions that need to be made through the next few decades. So against the backdrop of, of crisis throughout 2022 and renewables emerging as the solution to the energy trilemma, talk about the Green Investment Group and the solutions that it's developing and offering in that regard. So the Green Investment Group uh, was created five and a half years ago by the merger of Macquarie's own specialist renewable energy business and the UK government's Green Investment Bank, which we acquired in 2017. In that merger, we found ourselves with a business that had deep expertise, not just in the financing side of renewables, but also in the technical side of it and in the development uh, uh, dimension of, of making renewable energy investment. Through the last five years, that business has grown to a global business across all the technologies that are making the transition happen. But we felt we had an opportunity and a need to shift our business model and to move it into Macquarie Asset Management as we did in 2022. Our motives for doing that were recognition that the Macquarie Asset Management investor base wanted exposure to the energy transition, wanted to be impactful in the way their investable funds were deployed on one hand. And on the other hand, we were wanting to access that investment capability in order to just have a bigger impact in the energy transition. As we move now into implementation of that strategy, wanting to deliver ever-increasing volume in the more established technologies like wind and solar on one hand, and on the other hand, being an impact player in the newer technologies, we know that across four different classes of activity, uh, electrification of heat and transport, uh, carbon capture, green hydrogen and biofuels, about half our remaining mission, our, our enormous remaining mission of achieving net zero must be achieved. And, th and these technologies are all much less progressed in their commercial deployment than wind and solar. So we're, we're positioning ourselves to be an a prudent early mover in that next era of technologies. I think that we're at a real tipping point where these new technologies are going to have that same track record that we see in wind and solar and really have a surge in volume and impact through the rest of this decade. Apropos of being an early and a prudent early mover, what are some examples of the portfolio companies that you have invested in to that end? My mind always goes to but goes backwards to the experience that we had in offshore wind. Uh, GIG 
was an investor in the first half of last decade uh, in new build offshore wind. We feel as though we picked the right moment and we enjoyed uh, a great trajectory as that asset class became a, a very investable, widely accepted category of infrastructure investment. And that's what we want to replicate in hydrogen, in uh, battery storage, in biofuels, carbon capture. Let's take hydrogen as an example. The challenge we have with hydrogen is not so much the technology, not so much our ability to produce it and even produce it quite efficiently. The challenge is more if we need a world that's ready to receive and use the hydrogen that's produced. We love high C, the business that we've invested in in the Netherlands, because it started with that proposition. It's positioned itself in the industrial chemicals uh, heartland of, of the Netherlands and now want to switch from grey hydrogen to green hydrogen. So there's a ready-made market there. All we have to do is uh, get the production right and we know that we will have uh, offtake there just waiting for us once we're in production mode. At the recent COP27 uh, climate summit in Egypt, the UN Secretary General concluded that the world was, quote, on a highway to climate hell with our foot on the accelerator. From where you sit in the industry and among thought leaders, what are you seeing? How dire is the situation? And where are the opportunities to take meaningful action? I have to say there are some tremendously encouraging signs happening in the engine room of change. And I'd break that into private sector and public sector. I have to say for the last three years, let's say, there's been an increasing uh, encouraging uh, groundswell of interest in, in the corporate world. Well-run companies all over the world are absolutely galvanised by this challenge and feel a real sense of intimate corporate accountability. But I'm really pleased to tell you that the corporate will to understand and then implement that investment is strongly there. The other thing I'd say looking at the public sector side of things is governments recognising the solution to that energy challenge was to go faster in energy transition, was to create energy independence by, by accessing their own uh, resources for the purposes of renewable energy, whether it's wind or solar or, you know, flowing into the production of hydrogen. And we've seen that in, you know, the amazing policy intervention in the US's um, Inflation Reduction Act, uh, the EU's Repower EU legislation and in uh, legislation coming out of Japan and in the UK, where, where I'm based, um, doubling down on already very good existing policies. There is a real response happening there. And you know, there's a great opportunity for the Green Investment Group, for Macquarie Asset Management more generally, to be right at the heart of that response. So finally, how do you see your team's efforts aligning with the broader thinking and planning that's going into Macquarie Asset Management's net zero roadmap? It's been fantastic to join Macquarie Asset Management and see the dynamism and leadership that's being shown by Macquarie Asset Management as a, as a manager, but probably more importantly by the leadership of its you know, very substantial portfolio of companies, very systematic and, and far-sighted approach, an ambitious approach. We're practitioners of uh 
the renewable energy transformation, not customers of it, where where the people providing the electrons, providing molecules, and hopefully in the future providing carbon capture solutions, and and also you know mobility, etc. For us, um, seeing this population of companies making this strong effort, this uh, creative and ambitious effort to map their path to net zero is hugely informative because it shows us where where we've got to be, where we need to be going in order to be useful to that population of companies. Excellent. Mark Dooley, Global Head of Macquarie Asset Management's Green Investment Group. Thank you for speaking with me today. It's been a pleasure, Rebecca. Macquarie Asset Management has worked closely with its global private markets portfolio over the past two years to measure and verify baseline emissions, set interim 2030 targets, identify abatement measures, and mobilize significant capital and resources to form the basis of their net zero plans. In the coming episodes, you'll hear and learn about many of the -the on-the-ground challenges and successes experienced across 10 different businesses around the globe and across infrastructure, agricultural, and real estate as they navigate to net zero. If you'd like to learn more about Macquarie Asset Management's commitment to sustainability and its progress toward meeting its sustainability goals, subscribe to the series and you can find more information in the show notes. That concludes the introductory episode of Macquarie Asset Management's podcast series, Navigating to Net Zero. Join us in the next episode, where I'll be diving into how a waste management business headquartered in Ireland is putting waste to work on the road to net zero. Thank you for listening. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or a solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only, and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objective will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, reliance has been placed, without independent verification, on the accuracy and completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management, MAM, is the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. MAM is a full-service asset manager, offering a diverse range of products across public and private markets, including fixed income, equities, multi-asset solutions, private credit, infrastructure, renewables, natural assets, real estate, and asset finance. Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, any Macquarie Group entity noted in this podcast is not an authorized deposit-taking institution for the purposes of the Banking Act 1959, Commonwealth of Australia. The obligations of these other Macquarie Group entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank. Macquarie Bank does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these other Macquarie Group entities. In addition, if this podcast relates to an investment, 
the investor is subject to investment risk, including possible delays in repayment and loss of income and principal invested, and none of Macquarie Bank or any other Macquarie Group entity guarantees any particular rate of return on or the performance of the investment, nor do they guarantee repayment of capital in respect of the investment.